Hi there, everybody. This is Maria Pesson, founder of For Women Over 50, a movement, I'm thinking. It started out as a website and a Facebook group, but it's grown into a platform for women to share ideas on how to live our best lives in this next act of our lives. And today on this podcast, I want to introduce to you Beth Cassione. Beth is a yoga teacher and a Reiki master. And I know that these kinds of things are really valuable for women over 50 because these are the places we need to work on to keep our bodies supple, able to move and strong. So Beth, um, why don't you tell us about you? Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, so yeah, I'm Beth. I'm a yoga teacher and a Reiki master, just like you said. Um, I've been teaching yoga for uh, almost 20 years, and um, he's 18 officially this year. And uh, then, toes? what's that? Can you touch your toes after just 20 years? <laughs> well, you know, I still can. Um, I don't know that that's a marker of really anything. Other than that, I can touch my toes. I thought that when I'm 100, I'm going to be on the version of the Johnny Carson show that exists then. And I'm going to be (laughs) touching my toes. I can't touch my toes now, but by then I'll have worked up to it. There you go. Good things to aspire to. There you go. Um, (laughs) um, And let's see, I, I love yoga practice, not only the physical aspect of it, right? The movement is so important for all bodies, but especially as we get older, and especially in our society, which tends to be a little more sedentary. Um, We often have jobs that require us to sit in front of computers for extensive periods of time. Um, But the yoga practice also has built into it this wonderful teaching and philosophy and this sort of inherent mindfulness that I think is so important. Uh, Again, in the society that we live in, where everything is so fast and furious and um, our attention spans, I think, are just getting shorter and shorter and shorter, right? So it's a wonderful opportunity for us to really tune in to what we're actually experiencing in our bodies. And I think that's another piece. I don't know how much of our generation uh, has been really encouraged to, to really turn inward and be in their bodies in a really curious and fun and um, kind way. And what does it mean to be a Reiki master? So Reiki is, um, it's a hands-on healing practice. It's, It's not massage, right? We don't do any manipulation. It's energy work. And it comes from, um, Earlier in the 20th century, uh, a Japanese uh, Zen Buddhist monk, he, uh, Mikao Usui, he was working with people, healing them using touch. And then he took that information that he was discovering and shared it with people that he thought would be good tenants of the, of the teachings. And it's been passed on. Um, through different lineages. Uh, And again, it's a hands-on healing touch, either on the body or off the body, uh, as a way to support the body in its natural ability to heal itself and to help bring awareness. I look at it like 
We all have energy within us. In yoga, it's called prana. In other practices, it's called chi. It's called reiki in this practice. And um, sometimes the energy, because of tightness, because of trauma, because of anything, really anything, right, can, the energy can get blocked. And sometimes it, we feel we feel either energetically stuck, mentally stuck, we might have pain. Um, and this is a way that we can bring awareness to those areas. And again, just to stimulate um, the body's own ability to heal itself to whatever extent the body can. And then of course, we might need support from other things like medications and other things, but this is a non-invasive way to, uh, to again, just help the body in all these wonderful ways do what it can naturally do. Well, that's fascinating. And how long have you been doing that for? I have been uh, sharing Reiki for about 10 years. And do you see a difference? Can you do it on yourself or you can only do yeah. it on people? You can. Oh, no. You, you can do it on anything, really. I do it to my dogs. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Is he happier yeah. afterwards? Well, you know, I will tell you, uh, my one dog who tends to be a little more nervous uh, in the vet's office, I started we, at one of our previous vets, she always had him up on a table because she had a small space and uh, there wasn't enough room for her to be on the ground. So she always had him up on the table and that used to stress him out more. And just one day I just decided, why not try Reiki on him? Let's see what happens. And I'm not kidding you, within two or three minutes, he yawned, he laid down on the table, he totally relaxed. Amazing. And it was quite wonderful to see just from him feeling my touch, me breathing, um, and just holding in my mind and in my heart, just calm energy. And I even sometimes will use a mantra, like a, a word or a phrase like that in my head as I'm offering Reiki, like calm or peace. And he, he did great. He just totally chilled on the table and waited for her to come in. And, and then he was fine. Like the it's whole exam wild. went beautifully. Well, can we rent you out? <laughs> having a particularly bad day instead of a glass of wine, we do Reiki. That's right. We can do some Reiki together. It's a really beautiful practice. That's and it really complements so well the, the yoga practices, um, which is another portion of my work as a yoga teacher. I teach specifically restorative yoga, which is a form of yoga where um, it's all about support. It's not about stretching. It's not about strengthening. It's really about supporting the body using various props like blankets and blocks and pillows and bolsters and sometimes a chair or a wall so that the muscles of your body can begin to let go of tension and effort and it's all about like slowly 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 dialing back the nervous system and giving ourselves the opportunity to rest deeply and uh, it becomes a very meditative practice. And I often layer in Reiki when I'm sharing that with people that I work with one-on-one. -on -one. And it's really just a delightful, delicious, profoundly restorative practice. Do you also meditate in all of that? You know, I do. It's not something that I naturally am drawn to. I'm a mover by nature. Mm -hmm. And so, my restorative yoga practice becomes an opportunity for me to meditate. When I do my, my what's called asana practice, that's movement, asana. Mm -hmm. um, How do you spell it? A-S-A-N-A. -A. It basically means seat. 
Mm-hmm. And we look at it as like the different poses that we're in, the different seats we're taking within our bodies. Um, when I do my yoga practice, um, I use that often as a time of a movement meditation. I'm just really focusing on either the sensations of my body in each shape as I move and I hold or the sensation of my breath moving through me as I move through poses or hold poses. Um, And then, yes, I do often try to sit even for two, three, five minutes. It makes a difference just sitting and breathing. It's something that I've come to as I've gotten older that I need more of that. To just sit and, and be with yourself. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah. our audience, as you know, is over 50. How can these practices help women of our age? Um, and what should we do? Like, how should we start? All right. So how can the practices help? Well, I think the practices can benefit anybody at any point in their stage, in, the, in any stage in their life. And I think that's the beauty of something like yoga is it can really travel with you and support you through all the stages of your life. Um, one thing that I think it can be really beneficial for is, again, the, the dialing down of our nervous system, which I can't help but come back to it. We live in a society that is so fast. Everything has to be done in an instant, right? If you don't answer your email in 10 minutes, like, the whole world blows up, it feels like sometimes, right? You have to be available via text, via phone. Like there's never a moment when we, when it feels okay to like disconnect or it's hard to disconnect. And so I think, you know, being in these practices, they teach us that or remind us that it is vital that we, re- that we disconnect from the other stuff and reconnect with ourselves. Um, I think it can absolutely uh, be a wonderful practice, especially if we if we haven't done a lot of other movement practices. A, a nice entry into building some muscle and building some bone strength. Um, I know, you know, yoga doesn't use external weight, but we use a lot of body weight, and that can be a really lovely place to start in terms of building your bone strength and your muscle strength, um, which Never I think is so important. It that way. Yeah, it's a really important piece for us as we get older, uh, especially women, right? As we get older, we already know, like we're, we're, we already know as we age, our bodies start to deteriorate, right? And we're aging from the day we're born, right? So there's a point where we're growing and growing and growing, and then there's a point where we stop, and there's a point where things start to decline. And so there are studies out there that are, that are being done that I think are talking about, you know, how can yoga help on the cellular level? How can it slow down the age of ourselves? How can it help uh, restore bone growth, um, the bone density? Uh, and most of that is because, again, it needs external force. Our body weight can do that to a point our muscles working in opposition to each other can help to a point. And then at some point, we're probably going to need to add in more than just our body weight. But I think it's a great place to start if you haven't been doing any kind of movement. Um, and so where do you start? 
Um, there are lots and lots of places to go for yoga. There are studios all over the country. Um, and I think it's really wise. And I know it can be challenging, especially right now, because we're still navigating our COVID-19 pandemic. And so I know for some of us, going into a yoga studio may not be the wisest choice. Maybe we're having a, you know, some kind of health issue that's makes us immunocompromised and maybe being around people is the right thing. But I think being in front of a teacher who is skilled in working with people who are brand new to yoga is so important um, because then you get to really know the body that you're in. You get to understand a little bit more about how your body moves and and to move it safely, right? So that the imbalances that might be in your body because you haven't been doing a lot of movement practices uh, don't get exacerbated because maybe you're doing a pose with less skillful awareness and alignment. So if you can get in front of a teacher who's skilled in teaching beginners, that would be the best thing. And then second best, I would say, everybody's offering, myself included, classes online, live. Um, so again, you can at least be in the eyes of a teacher and hear their words and maybe even ask a question at the end of class if something you know didn't quite resonate or didn't quite understand something. Uh, and then of course, you know, there's always videos and YouTube and all that stuff. I think they're great, but you just have less access to someone who can really guide you if you've never done this before. Right. Make sure you do the poses right and such. Yeah, I mean. I think there's value in understanding how these poses shape up in your body. It's not to say that everybody's body is going to look the same in a pose because we're all working in unique bodies. But you want to have a general idea of like, what are you doing with your foot and what are you doing with your knee and why we're doing it this way? Um, as opposed to, I think I'll just put my foot here and see what happens. You know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. So, and how would you bring Reiki into it? What would you do to bring that practice into your yoga practice? Well, as I said, I, I link it very much with my restorative yoga practice because it's a very still practice. Um, and so I will, certainly the clients that I work with privately, I make that available to them all the time. Now, the beautiful thing about our yoga practice is at the end of practice, we always have a time for stillness. The final pose is called Shavasana. Um, and it allows the body to rest. Again, the rest uh, is something everybody, we all need, right? Babies rest, dogs rest. But somewhere along the way, as we get older, we feel like, you know, like somehow we, we lose the permission to rest. We think it's a badge um, of honor when we overwork ourselves. That's right, right. Busyness is like this badge of honor. You're absolutely right. Um, and so I think if we're, you know, I think certainly as, as we get older and more mature, we hopefully start to realize that that's not the case, right? That we do need these moments of respite, we do this, need this time to rest. And so at the end of our yoga practice, we always have time to rest, to let the body just 
I always like to think of it like a sponge sort of absorbing the practice, whether or not that's, you know, even actually true is, is another story, but that's in my mind what's happening. I'm just sort of soaking in all the goodness that I just discovered in my body and in my breath and even like letting whatever teaching I might be focusing on um, just kind of settle in my mind and in my heart. And so sometimes in my classes, more pre-pandemic than now, I would go around and offer folks Reiki if they would like it um, while they were resting. That's just another way to help support their, their relaxation, their dialing down of their nervous system, and their ability to be a little more present with themselves. You know, it's interesting because um, I used to think that that was all like superstitious and not real, that you couldn't transfer energy and it was just, you know, silly stuff. But I've learned um, through a lot of reading how energy works within the world. And there is a connection between us and the energy outside of us. And it's scientifically been proven. So I know that that exists. And I think it's very interesting. Um, I've had Ricky done. Am I pronouncing it right? Because you pronounce it a little different. Um, I've always been taught that it's Reiki. Reiki. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, so I've had Reiki done on me and I've seen a difference. I see how it, you know, performs on my body and I know that it actually does work, which for years I didn't think so. And then also yoga, which, um, I used to think was a, not a real workout for people who wanted to, you know, be in shape. Like if you didn't go running for, you know, five miles and didn't lift weights and stuff, you know, do serious exercise, there was no benefit. It was for like old people, but truthfully, it's not. It's such a wonderful way to make sure your whole body can move and breathe and, and be strong. So I love yoga. Um, took me years to develop the um, idea that it would be worthwhile for me, but I really think that it's worthwhile for everybody and that everyone should do it. So Beth, I want to ask you, um, and this is a question I ask everybody at the end of my podcast, as you've gotten older and now that you're over 50, um, we've developed as women over 50 superpowers, things that our 20-year-old selves would be amazed that we can do. So what would be your three superpowers that you've developed over the years? Mm, that's a good question. I would say definitely um, allowing myself to be less perfect. I was very much a perfectionist. I still am, but I'm less perfectionistic, if that's even a word. Um, and I feel really glad about that. Um, it's given me permission to be more of myself and less like, you know, the one who, you know, is, you know, the perfect person for this. You want responsibility? I'll give you 110% responsibility. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just being a little less perfect. Um, and it's it's actually been very freeing. So that would be my one superpower. Power. Um, I would also say the realization that nothing lasts forever has been a really great thing for me. Um, 
my younger self would make decisions and feel like, oh my God, if I make this decision, I'm stuck with this the rest of my life, or I'm stuck with this for five years because I didn't want to let anybody down. You know what I mean? Sure. And so now I kind of look at it as try it. You don't like it, get out. Nothing is forever. It's all in your power to make that change if you want to make that change. So that's been a really helpful helpful tool for me, just reminding myself. And that's from my dad. Nothing is forever. I've always like, what are you talking about? Now I get it. <laughs> you know, it's funny, just a little sidebar. Um, I am an avid reader. Uh, since I was a young girl, I've read book, many, many books a year. And I used to feel if I started a book, I had to finish it. Because I start, you know, I got this book, I have you started it. Yeah, now I don't do that anymore. I don't have to finish the book. If I don't like it, I just put it down. Isn't that empowering? It's amazing. I was <laughs> like, wow. I, because before I got to a certain point where I decided that, and that's not that long ago, I could remember that I only put down two books in my life. And one of them is um, A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich, who was a prisoner in the gulags in um, Siberia during that time where everybody who disagreed with the state, you know, just went there and it was so depressing, I could never finish it. But other than that, I used to finish every single book. So yeah, that's just kind of a sidebar. So I get what you're saying that we don't have to, it's sometimes I feel like it's how we have to show the world, you know, we're, we're these people that do all these things right. You know, we take things on, we, we stick with it and we keep doing it and we persevere even though it gets challenging because we think we have to, but we don't because if you learn that it's not worthwhile, you stop. Yeah. So what's your third yeah. superpower? Um, my third superpower Hmm, I think would be realizing my own inner strength and resilience as a human being in this world. Um, I don't know that my 20 year old self could have ever imagined what the next 30 plus years would have looked like and some of the things that as human beings we go through, the loss, um, the challenges, and I don't know, my 20 year old self probably would have thought, eh, I'll figure it out. But I look back now and I say, you know what? I did more than figured it out. I, I've moved through some really hard things and really pulled on this inner reserve that I didn't know I even had. So I think knowing now my inner strength and my inner resilience allows me to, to just deal with whatever comes my way with a, with, a, with a much different attitude, knowing, oh, look, I've been through this, 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 and this. I can get through this. We can do this. We, we got this. Yes. It's a really nice feeling. Yes. The strength and the inner strength, rather, that we get as we get older is priceless. You know, a lot of times people look at aging as such a negative but there's so many positives in it. I mean, the wisdom to let things roll off our backs is amazing. When I was 20, 
a minor thing would happen, I would think it was the end of the world. Mm. And we don't, you know, as we get older, we start to feel comfortable with ourselves and are okay with what happens. And if it's a challenge, you know, then we just say, okay, you know, what do we do next instead of letting us, letting it throw us. So I think your superpowers are amazing. So you sound a very grounded person. And I'm sure that people would love to take your classes. How would they find out about you? And how would they, where would they go to sign up for your um, classes? Yeah, everything is housed on my website. So uh, that's www.thisisyourbliss.com. And that's where you'll find my writing. This is your what? Bliss, B-L-I-S-S. E-L-I-S-S. Bliss, like joyful, happy. Oh, bliss. bliss. I thought you were saying E, you were saying B. Be like Beth. (laughs) got it find your your bliss yeah so it's it's actually this is your bliss.com got it okay got that right now yeah so that's again i i met some of my writings are on there um recordings are on there uh, with different yoga practices all my classes and how you can sign up for them are on there um links to facebook and all that good stuff are on there as well it's just a nice hub to arrive at. That's great. I'm looking forward to taking some of your classes. I hope so, you can. Um, I'm sorry? I said, I hope you can. It would be great to have you. Oh, I'd love to. As soon as my broken ribs um, have healed. I fell a couple of weeks ago and I broke a couple of ribs. So I've been out of commission for a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's Okay. It hurts, but other than that, it's fine. So any last words of wisdom that you want to share with our audience? Um, I don't know how wise they'll be, but I would just love to encourage your audience um, to move, right? Any movement is better than no movement. If you're sitting right now, just get up, take a walk around the room. If you can get outside, get outside and do some breathing. These are the things that benefit us most movement. We are in bodies that are designed for movement. So if you can get up and move and then know you're moving, you're doing great. That's terrific. Thank you so much, Beth. It was really, really nice to interview you. Um, I'm excited that you're on this and you were great. So have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. And thank you so much for having me on. It was really a pleasure and an honor to be here. You're welcome. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.